Hey, Marcus. Yes. You like movies? Yes, I do. Do you believe that it's important to create coping strategies to plan ahead so we can have nice experiences and enjoy our lives as much as we can? Yeah, emphasis on the last part of that statement or question. Do you think that while the idea of living our best life is part of this new zeitgeist idea is really nice, that trying to figure out how we can live our best life is also important? <clears throat> yeah, of course. All right. This is Zebras in America. Pod. As long as you... As long as the goal is to actually live your best life and not to continue to search and search and search and, you know, as long as, as long as the actual goal is to live your best life. What do you mean? Like some people, I think some people, I, I mean, judgment, this is just not me and I don't think, I think some people like to just nonstop be works in progress, like to always, I'm working on this, I'm working, and never actually get to the goal, because I think a goal of living your best life is very Is it possible that that they like that, or maybe they're caught in their own sort of feedback loop of depression? I think it's both. Some people, yes, some people, yeah. I think part of that is depression, and part of that is, there's a reason why we're getting to this, folks. Yeah. Um, I think part of that is a way that, I think... You know, I think we're con. It's con. It's a constant work, and for some people, trying to live your best life is little victories. Yeah, which is to say that this is Zebras in America, a film podcast. I think I think the last few episodes we've been putting out have been terrific. Absolutely, I thought the last episode with Outlaw Vern was nice. One yeah. of one of our most downloaded episodes. Oh, very cool. So thank you. We actually got a couple new listeners, got an email Good. from um, from Kevin Orzal. It says, Outlaw Vern podcast question. I found your podcast from Outlaw Vern's website. You mentioned a movie called Super Pussy, Super Pussy, what? By Joe? I couldn't find any information on it, but I'm pretty interested in finding it. Where can I get information? Well, I'll let you know that I did answer, mm-hmm. and I told him that um, uh, the name of the movie, and which was actually a little, it was not, it's not called Super Pussy, it was, it was something, it, the, the term is, the terminology was slightly off, and I think he wasn't aware of the director, if you would pronounce the, the name of... Oh, Peter Pong, we're Exactly. So, which again, still weirds me I, I used I, for a whole year. I was like, "Who is Joe?" Right. I got very confused. Not the easiest name to pronounce, but still. No, anyway. no, no, no question. So I responded the name of the movie, which is "The Adventure of Iron Pussy." Iron Pussy. Yeah. yeah. So, I only saw the movie once. Yeah. It was. It was just. It was just a, a little switch. Yeah. He also said, "Also great show. I enjoy all the love for Bautista. Nice. He is a current MVP for me as well, especially his turn in Blade Runner." That scene at the beginning really grounded the movie for me. Well, Mr. Kevin Orzal, if you listen to our show about Blade Runner, you will know that one, we are huge Bautista fans, and two, while I loved Blade Runner, two, you liked Blade Runner, two, we like, both yeah. we both agree that Blade Runner two weren't actually about Dave Bautista's character would possibly want to be one of the greatest sci-fi films of all time. His character was. Fantastic. Yeah. And that short film they made was just even more of a tease. Like, I just wanted to see that in a feature. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. the movie I wanted. Just yeah. like, because I think yeah. there's different ways of acting. I think, I think, I think, this is one of the true beauties of the action man actor is that his face acting is good. True. It's not just that he's like this strong, burly dude, mm-hmm. it's that he has like emotions. I think that comes from experience too. If you look, I mean, we're not going to make this a Dave Batista podcast, but he had a rough. He had a roughish. We could maybe in the future. He had. He kind of kind of had a rough life. He's seen some things, even yeah. before getting into pro wrestling. He's so he's some things have happened to him that have like hardened him, and I think that he maybe brings that into his performances sometimes. I mean, we're a product of our environment, and our past yeah. experiences shape us positively and negatively. Right. Uh, foreshadowing for later in this episode. Did you get a chance to see Marauders yet? Marauders, no. I was. Uh, we were talking about it with uh, Outlaw Vern. It's Chris Maloney, Bautista. Oh yes, no, but it's in the queue. I know. I know about Cause, it. Because I yeah. know because when you do see it, you're gonna be like, dude, we gotta talk about this because I like it. I think. Right, cool. I think you're gonna like it. Okay. He said, I saw 
And he also said, thank you. I just finished the episode on Boots Riley. Sorry to bother you. Fantastic. I also got a Repo Man vibe when I was watching it. Aimless and hapless man takes on a shady job that uproots his life, and it all takes place in a heightened, surreal world. He saw. He also makes a mention about where he saw. Sorry to bother you. And he says, I'll be going through the archives, and I'll be sure to listen in regularly. Oh, thank you. Well, Kevin Orzal, thank you. You Please send us any emails, any questions, and as long as they're relatively polite, we will answer them. And even if they're rude but have constructive criticism, we will respond. You want to hear some really cool shit, too? Sure. I had us t-shirts made. That's right. So I think as far as this episode, we're going to post a link on this Absolutely. podcast where you can listen. On my site get, as well. Yeah. Um, they look really, this with the black primary... Uh, color they look really really good because there's black in the logo so it ble- it bleeds into it makes it pop yeah really also good. like you, you know i found with like cool shirts quote unquote cool shirts when they're white you can look messy really quickly yeah yeah and also we're big fellas and i and i find black looks better on big fellas especially with some nice graphics Sure. Shout out to Kevin Smith. He's always been an advocate of black, dark clothes for large guys. So, a couple things I want to talk about. You texted me this week the lineup for TIFF. Yeah. And I blew a gasket. Yeah. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, just a quick back. So, I go to TIFF uh, every year. I've been going for a while with uh, my friends over at the Pink Smoke. And it's always a thing. Um, whenever they announce the lineup... You know, it's 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 a big deal because it's like a combination of things that are coming out at the end of this year for Oscar season. It's a combination of foreign films that folks may never see ever again in right. life, and then just like other, just like you know, um, exciting movies that'll be out in the fall. Um, like Body came out at TIFF last year, but yeah. still hasn't found a dis- has hasn't come out yet. Yeah. There's apparently yeah. a great movie with uh, Kate Mara and Ellen Page called Mercy that is getting a lot of love but hasn't gotten official release you never know right. but a lot of heavy hitters and a lot of yeah. people that we're huge fans of exactly which is usually the case but this year it's a little more than like normal because it's like just off off of name it's like claire denis olivia sayas barry jenkins i mean i can read um, the list you sent you know. me for for the listeners who are not yeah. Like, oh, and that's cool. Actually, the list I sent you is uh, that that's my own personal, just for the listeners. This is my own personal list, not necessarily in order. This is just the stuff that popped right. out to me. And, and it's I, not even done because there's going to be stuff from Venice that plays that usually will make it to TIFF and other surprise screenings. Like and that. I'm going to add my couple comments. Oh, sure. And then we will talk about Le Rayon Vert after yeah. that, which is a film I saw this week yeah. that changed my life that I really wanted to talk about. Oh, man. About okay. So. But yeah, I just, we'll, we'll talk I just about wanted that. To, for people listening, believe it or not, this episode is is was really like I was like we need to talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. What is it? The orange ray, the green ray, the green ray. You said it in. You text me the French title, and I guess I should know. Vert means green, but I was just like, oh no, I never saw that. Like, oh wait, duh. And I was like, Vert means green. Oh yeah, I, I have seen this. Well, my my, like, my 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 dear friend Jeff, who him and I have both been feeling some things about being social in this world as we get older and he was deeply moved by this movie and he thought I should see it and he mm-hmm. was the one that recommended us to see Bye Bye Monkey so he mm-hmm. he was one for one and I want to talk about it but mm-hmm. so High Life Denis obviously yeah uh, Widows McQueen oh yeah definitely yeah. Nonfiction Assayas Duh Shoplifters Corrieta If Beale Street Could Tall Jenkins that's his his uh People will call his sophomore film when it is actually his third film. Yeah, right. And is the first fiction film based off of a James Baldwin novel. I'm cautiously optimistic to see what he does because James James Baldwin has been back in the world and people have been talking about him. Sure. And, but a lot of it is his nonfiction, but I think his fiction is, is one of his true gifts to the world. All of his writing was a true gift. He was, he was a real gift and... Another Country is one of my favorite novels of all time, and that's one that I really love to see on the screen. I'm not sure how they would do it, but I would really like to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else do we got here? Um, 
Halloween by David Gordon Green. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, that, that's literally the word I was going to use. Because you and I were talking earlier before we recorded that there's a new movie coming out, Robert Redford's last movie. Yes. Where, it, to me, it's sort of like the anti-bad guy in the film Wanda, which is uh, Zebra's favorite. Mm-hmm. It's about this kind bank robber, mm-hmm. and it's that director who did Ghost Story or whatever. Yeah, Ghost Story and Ain't Them Body Saints. He works with, even in this movie, too, he's, him and Casey Affleck are like the new team together. Cool dude, yeah. and I know, and they be you know he has like a mustache, and people start making him him and David David Gordon Green being like these Malekian dudes. But I just feel like David Gordon Green, much like Steven Soderbergh, got that Prince Paul sort of thing where like they do so many different styles and so yeah. many different genres, yeah. and they have successes and failures. And I what I love about them is is that they're willing to have successes and failures and try yeah. different things. And television and film as well. Television and film. Have, uh, and all, yeah, I mean... Multiple things in Red, one year sometimes. Red Oaks, dude. Red Oaks, yeah. which I know, you, I know you'll get to when mm-hmm. you can. Yeah. You know, and to, to make a movie like Joe and Pineapple Express and Your Highness. Yeah, TIFF is always like a big deal. It's always like a combination vacation uh, as well. And part of a vacation to me is watching movies anyway, so it all works out. But like other... Other stuff got announced too, like the the new Predator film, which you know, I know at this point it's one of those like, the first Predator especially, it's a classic, blah blah blah. But Shane Black, the creator of Predator, is directing this, and the cast looks a little interesting, uh, to say the least. You have like Keegan Michael Key is in it, um, right? The old uh, the older um, Chiron from Moonlight, who's starting to get. Get, get in a lot of like big big films um who's the actor from this is us who played killmonger's father ha that and guy him who's also in in everything uh, and you know the other beautiful thing about tiff as well is that like i was saying too there's these movies that may never that will only probably come out in their own country in a small release right. so it's nice to be able that there, there, there's a couple movies over the years that i've seen that like no one's ever heard of. And I've actually written about them on, on my site. So Some uh, great, you should, you some should, great uh, writings. Oh, yeah. You know, there's this one film called Carré Blanc, mm-hmm. which the trailer's on YouTube, and I don't even think there's clips of it. It's just a trailer, and the trailer's very beautifully shot. I think uh, at this point a multi-region DVD does exist. for sure. super cheap. You can get it off Amazon. I, it's, it's a movie that I've only seen once, and I've gone in and out of disliking it to loving it to liking it to right. disliking it. And, uh, but yeah, like... Yeah. T- David Gordon Green was able to do Pineapple Express, but also did The Sitter, and yeah. you know, our brand is Crisis. But now he's doing oh yeah, I know, I, I know which was forgot a weird movie, and now he's doing Halloween with Danny McBride, and I'm 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 interested in in seeing what they're doing. It's sort of like a sequel to the first one, which is cool because I just saw a couple stills from the new Terminator, which is going to be a sequel to Terminator Two, yeah. with with. Uh, Mackenzie from Always Shine, which I'm sure yeah. you want to talk about, who's going to be in there. Do. And also, um, Linda Hamilton is back, and she's she looking is. really cool. And I'm ca- another thing that I'm... It's another thing I'm cautiously optimistic. I think tentpole pictures are just going through so much right now that it's just like, I'll see. Are you aware that there? it's not as big as the Ghostbusters remake, but there's this rising thing on uh, Twitter about like two female leads in term in this new Terminator movie and like men are annoyed about it. Like this is what they're doing to Terminator. You know like these people exist. There are there are real things to be upset about <laughs> and there are yeah. real artistic things to be offended about. Yeah. And there are things and all I care about I mean Terminator has Terminator two It's always been a female driven like Yeah. The first so, two and then the third one, I think it was the third one that had the female terminator. So it's not yeah. like it's not something new. I just yeah. It's just yeah, it's just like kind of it's I don't want to be super dismissive, but it's dumb. Yeah. But yeah, Shane Black is one of my favorite action. He's my favorite action director. No hmm. question. Hmm. So I'm going to see any movie he makes. So sure. the fact that he's doing the Predator series is going to be excited. Yeah. Uh there's new Errol Morris, new Gaspar No. Which is like, I'm on, yeah, new, new Herzog, well, Herzog always goes, yeah, like, there's Tiff, since going to Tiff since 2011, it's like, Herzog, Asayas, Denis, like, Errol Morris, like, I've yeah. seen a lot, of, like, they're, they're all regulars at Tiff, so it's the, a good, uh, the, the Paul, the Paul Dano movie looks good, 
I've heard first. It looks interesting. I heard firsthand from uh, my friend Adam Shartoff that uh, we both bumped into each other at, at the screening of Black Klansman. We'll get into that in another uh, episode. He saw the Paul Dano film and said it was like surprisingly good. So I'm, he's a talented dude. I'm always fascinated by films that take place in the late 1950s or 1960s that show like the darker side of things because there is right. always this facade. Like sure, things were perfect and nice and beautiful. Like that's why. I don't like the movie overall, but there's stuff about Revolutionary Road that is important. Just it's just like put on your suit, go to work. Like that shit is depressing. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, Michael I, Shannon, I like, Michael I Shannon saved that movie for me. If I like thinking. Revolutionary Road, but not a lot. Same. I just I love Michael Shannon in it, and he's yeah. only in two and a half scenes, and the rest of the movie, the message. I just I, like I the the disappointment of American mediocrity. Yeah. Oh, if I, I can be yeah. all like. It sounds like something Michael Shannon's character would have said in that movie. Well, I like Michael Shannon. Who doesn't? Literally, who doesn't? Who doesn't? People, if you don't like him, let us know. All right, so uh, a couple things. So I've been bothering you to see Always Shine by Sophia yeah. Tikal. Yes. Sophie, Sophie Tikal? Sophie Tikal, Sophie yeah. Tikal, her yeah. second film, her first film being yeah. Green yes. uh, for a while, and... When I saw that you had posted another excellent post about the film Persona, yeah. I was I bugged you again to watch it, and you watched it. What did you think? I, I really liked it. Um, and also, backstory was like I've I've met her and her partner, collaborator, producer, also director uh, Lawrence Michael Levine, who's in Always Shine. They're very nice people. Um, yeah, I um, back when I used to write for Cut, Cut Print Film a couple years ago, I reviewed a film that they did, uh, which was really good. It was a good, fun New York kind of crime caper, like an anti-Manhattan murder mystery to some degree for millennials, um, with Kevin Corgan, Alia Shawkat. Wild Canaries? Yep, that's it. But with Always Shine, the thing is, like, it's so different from the stuff she's either done, produced, or been involved with, like... It's a horror movie without, like, monsters or anything. Right. Um, essentially, and, and, and it all, fought, like, there's not, there's becoming this, like, a group of movies that I would definitely include it in. There, it, I think it all goes back to Persona, then it goes to Three Women, then it goes to Images, then Mohan Drive, Clouds of Sils Maria, and I think Heavenly Always Shine. Creatures. Huh? Heavenly Creatures. He Heavenly Creatures, true, true. That That's, yeah, that's, like, an actual true story. I'm thinking more, like... People who want to be performers, oh, or dancers, actresses, Black Swan as well of 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 some kind, and just like the pressure and all this weird stuff kind of breaks. But you know what, Mulholland Drive is loosely based on a true story, so you can include uh, he Heavenly Creatures. Um, and I also think too, the influences are so obvious. And Seal Maria and Mulholland Drive, I think, have similar vibes. Of course, of course, all of them, that that all all those movies have, have similar vibes. I just think she wears. I think more directors need to do this. I think the fact that, like, it's so obvious that, like, Mahon Drive, Persona, all these things influenced it, that she ended up, in turn, still making her own movie. Like, yeah, these things influenced me, but she still took the ball and kind of ran her own route. And I think, you know, as I was thinking about this the other day, I find it funny when directors always talk about Certain directors consider themselves uh, cinephiles, and it's like, I've seen every movie. I used to work at a video store. I've seen tons and tons of movies. And then they do scenes or premises that are literally just like a very popular film that a, quote, cinephile would see. And when they get asked about it in an interview, suddenly, oh, I've never seen that. Oh, I've never seen that. It's like, I would, you know, Tarantino's kind of famous for that. So is, uh, so is uh, Xavier Dolan. But, um, yeah, I'm glad, I, I'm glad I watched. I actually watched Always Shine one and a half times in a day. I started watching it, and then I got distracted because of other things. Then I went home, and I watched it in full. Then I went back to get some cool... If you go to my Twitter, literally, right now, you know, some of the more recent comparisons I've done were with uh, Always Shine. Um, it gets deep, man. There's a lot of layers to, to that movie, as you would expect. I'm not... This isn't some expose. It's just like... There's no coincidence that the two lead actresses look similar like if you walk yes. past either one of them you'd be like oh you're not the same you know what i'm saying which 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 is the point and it's like i also assume the real actresses in that movie have gone through the same shit that the characters they play right have which is another thing and then there's also these things about reality is this real is this not like when they're rehearsing a scene together that that's a really great scene or like when we're introduced to the second lead 
she's talking and you think she's at an audition, but she's really arguing about the price of her car, the, these repairs, which I've been there before. Right. I've actually stronghold, like, not to get off topic, but sometimes, like, I'm not a car aficionado, but when I know what's wrong, I need this one thing to be fixed. You take it, and then the mechanic's like, oh, I saw this was also a problem. I literally, one time, was like, I didn't ask for it. And they expect you to pay. I was like, I didn't ask for that. Right. They're like, well, what do you expect? I was like, give... I'll take my keys and I'll pay for what I asked to be done. And I just kind of drove off. I was a little worried that, like, they'd get my license plate and then it would turn into a legal thing, but it didn't. Um, anyway, what are your thoughts on Always Shine? So, I was just trying to... I, I was interested in films that go from, like, the persona motif and films about women and their friendships and the complications. Mm. And there's also that movie that you watch that... that we both realized that we had both watched Butter on the Latch, which came out recently, mm-hmm. which is also about like two women navigating their relationship as they grow apart. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was just, I was interested in just seeing like these two people and how they work. And like, I like the, the light, uh, supernatural, natural horror of it mm-hmm. and what's happening and what is real and who's losing their mind and the isolation, which is absolutely. Uh, Part of part of where I'm trying to go in my thought in my thought process today, yeah. and I, I just thought, and I was I was also just like, you know, I was like, oh, I didn't realize how many kick-ass female directors there are just like making all different types of movies on different yeah, sure. levels of mainstream and independent stuff, and um, you know, uh, Sophie Tikal, if you'd like to be on our show, you have an open invitation. I'd love to talk to you about what Please. you're doing and our. I really liked I really liked both of your movies. I enjoyed Green. I think you should check it out. Mm-hmm. You should see Wild Canary. She's a good actress too. Um, I will check it out. Yeah, there's, I gotta say too. There's a really the scariest scene in that movie. Um, it's almost like a joke when she towards the end when she goes to her new boyfriend's friend's place and the son is pretending to choke the mom, played by Jane Adams, who right. is like. Super indie darling actress from late 90s into the early 2000s. For those of you know what I'm talking about, she was uh, the youngest kind of hippie sister in happiness. She was David Cross's wife in Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. She was mm-hmm. the waitress in yeah. uh, Wonder Boys. Wonder Boys is underrated. I don't care what anybody says. Um, it's, not, it's not underrated. No, it is. Any person that I know... That movie won an award. Like, that movie's mad good. Anyone I talk to about that movie, like, oh, that movie's dumb. Or, uh, no, that, that movie is up. not dumb. Yeah, that know, movie's excellent. It's fun, There's funny, so it's many, everything. It's funny, yeah. it's serious, there's different characters. Michael Douglas is in it. Yeah. Annette Benning is really good. You got, Spider-Man is in it. I was it's just going to say, you got Ant-Man, Man, you got Iron Man, you got Spider-Man. You got... Isn't Katie you got Holmes, Rachel Dawes. Katie Holmes is in there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. it's about all these different sections of conflict and understanding happening on lots of levels. It's got I'm not that, in that uh, Frances McDormand. True. Yeah. Who's who I love. Yeah. Um, she was in that weird movie where she was Christian Bale's mom. That was a weird movie too. Oh, what Laurel Canyon? Yeah. <laughs> that movie's, yeah, that movie's weird. Yeah. That that was weird, and also like. Christian Bale's girlfriend in that movie was also the mother I in I I please don't get mad at me I watched Mr. Church recently mm-hmm. that Eddie Murphy movie where he's the the cook oh that movie. I didn't I know all about it but it was it, it made me really sad and I think the movie meant well but I think it's hard to mean well and still push forward um magical driving uh, Miss Daisy Karina Karina sort of stuff. Heart stuff yeah I think it's it's hard to do that I don't know who wrote it. Well, maybe we'll find it and we'll link it in the show. But there was a great piece of writing that came from that Eddie Murphy movie. It was this whole great written piece about how, like, how Hollywood kind of abandoned and let Eddie Murphy down. Or, right. or, or, or Which is true, because he's... Say what you want. Eddie Murphy is one of the most talented human beings, period. He might not make the best choices in certain things, but there's no... If you want to argue and say Eddie Murphy's not talented, you're, you're a clown. No, and also, if, if for anything, just Google recently Eddie Murphy, Tracy Morgan impression. His impression of Tracy Morgan oh, really? is oh, yeah, so oh. spot on. Yeah. He's, Eddie Murphy still has it. Yeah. It's the question is, are we willing to give Eddie Murphy the shot? Because he's also incredible in Mr. Church. But the problem, oh. yeah, hmm. the problem with Mr. Church, and I, I don't think it comes from the actual film, because I think the actual film does its best 
to fight these sort of ideas, mm. but these sort of ideas of, of the magical black person in film yeah. are so entrenched that it's really hard to avoid. Yeah. But I thought the film was actually like pretty kind and and whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, isolation, um, and stuff like that. Do you do you have more you want to say about all no, these? No, 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 just uh, see it. I, I recommend seeing. It. I mean, Oscilloscope Labs. Uh, Puts out great stuff. I mean, when I, I associate, and speaking of female directors, I mean, Oscilloscope usually puts out Kelly Reichardt stuff, so I, I can't okay. think about the Oscilloscope, the Oscilloscope production company, and not think of Kelly Reichardt, who I think is one of the, in my opinion, one of the three best active American filmmakers working right now, or my personal favorite American filmmakers working right now, so. Well, who, yeah. And those are? Oh, um, Kel, um, yeah, Kelly Reichardt, Richard Linklater, barely. And number one is Rick Alverson, as far as American filmmakers. I'm so, very excited for yeah. the new Rick Alverson film. I'm hoping it's a big deal. A lot of Venice movies spill over into TIFF, so I'm hoping his new film uh, comes to TIFF, because I, I cannot wait to see that. Just the premise only. Yeah, I, I, I really can't wait to see it. Yeah, um, yeah, so I was thinking of all these different things and isolation, and I saw this movie, Orange Ray, Green Ray. Oh, yeah, The Green Ray by Eric by Romer. By er- Eric Romer as recommended by my friend because you know you probably don't see this or maybe you don't you do notice like i'm not as social as i used to be like it's hard for, i don't always want to go out i don't mm-hmm. i i'm particular i like to do the things i like to do i like to enjoy the things i like to enjoy i'm usually much happier doing something by myself or doing social things that are fun for me. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we go out and have a good time. Sure. But if, if there's something that you invite me to that I don't enjoy, I might not go again. And it's been really hard as I go into my 30s navigating how to be a social person and how for people to not just, like, think I'm a weird person and I don't want to be part of life or I don't want to be present and having yeah. a good time... And I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer or a negative force when I'm really trying very hard to be a positive force, meditating, right. of course. Uh, trying to better myself, you yeah. know, and trying to understand that like in our life and in our experiences, plans change, expectations of others change, others have, other people have expectations of you and then you feel like you have to be something mm. or you have to experience life in the way that others do and if you don't you're being a nonconformist and if you're a nonconformist you're you're bad natured or you're a yeah. hater. Oh or, hater, yeah. Or you have to explain yourself and, and I and I don't love explaining myself, but I understand that being part of a human is explaining yourself. Mm-hmm. But I don't like explaining myself to like people that I don't that I don't feel actually care about me explaining myself. Oh a thousand percent. Like like, oh, why do you dislike this thing that everyone else thinks is good yeah or you know how dare you like this cool thing that that we shouldn't like because it's too popular sure like like i know this might sound funny for some but i wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure because i'm not guilty about it but like i like miley cyrus's music mm-hmm. and you know i don't and it's like oh well yeah, you know blah 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 yeah how I'm, guilty can like a multi-platinum like people bought it. her records. Lots of like, people. I, so I, I, exactly I listened to Ariana Grande because of that Cheeseburger in Paradise version song of mine, um, and like Pete Davidson seems cool and like whatever. Right. And like, but so like Lorraine Vert is about this woman who's like, just sort of in her own vibe, and feels very alone, and just got out of a relationship, and she's about to, she's about to, go on a on a vacation. And her friend cancels on her, and she tries to go with her family, and she doesn't want to do that, and she tries to go with one of her friends who wants to, like, flirt, and she doesn't like that, and she's being told she's difficult, and that she's depressed, and everyone are, everyone is professing their own experience onto her mm. because she wants to just do her. And, like, there's a scene where she's, like, crying among these lavender plants, and I was like just deeply moved about that because I know what it's like to just like be alone and feel so connected to something else but also be sad that it's hard to 
connect to others. I feel like I'm talking a lot. Do you have some Well, as you, here's the thing. So I I only watched a few scenes because I've seen this movie a few times, like years ago. Um, Now, now, especially the first part when you're describing the premise to the movie, what does that movie remind you of? Something recently that we've seen that we both enjoyed. That we drove to and I almost got sued by this angry couple. I mean, Claire's camera. Absolutely. Like, but I didn't, I remember not thinking about it. But it's a happy Claire's camera is a very happy movie, in my opinion, in a way. Very ha- see, my thing is, it's not as That's not true. it's not as down as the Green Ray, but it's still like There's, I don't know, like I, I mean, like she's you know, like I'm talking about in Claire's camera, right. life will go on and ever, but like the premise of that movie, just the whole idea of like you're somewhere, you have these plans, and then a couple things get canceled, like a right. relationship ends, you lose your job, you're in a country that like you don't know. You're a little off, you're a little awkward, you spend a lot of time by yourself. Like, there's a, there's I think a lot make of a really isolation. Cool, uh, there's a lot yeah. of isolation. Also, really cool. there's a lot of Double scene, both scenes are by water. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, yeah. I no, think that, I, that was I the saw, main part. You know, I was realizing that, that a lot of movies we saw this year uh, dealt with isolation. And then, like, so for me, like, someone, like, for me, when someone, you know, it's no secret I'm in therapy and I'm working a lot of stuff. And, like, there's, Same. like, so when I get isolated, and like someone changes plans, it all of a sudden becomes like they don't want to see me. They don't want to spend time with me. Why am I now? I'm crying. This is why I don't want to have friends. And then you're like in this world, and you have. Then luckily, I'm able to like do meditation or do other things to get myself out of it. Yeah. And so this movie, just seeing this woman just trying to enjoy her vacation and her own solitude and not have to explain to people why she just likes to be who she likes to be or like getting getting yelled at because she's a vegetarian when she's like I've been a vegetarian before and there's different ways to be a vegetarian and there's a way to be like I'm a vegetarian if you didn't even know to think to or to make me vegetarian food that you're a jerk which is not the case Mm -hmm. or you can just be like oh Thank you. I'm gonna eat the salad. I don't eat this, which is what she's doing. And they're just and they're like, you know, why why are you doing this? You know, and it's like trying to like go through perpetual misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that I just thought that was conveyed really dope. And then she goes through this vacation day by day, and she eventually meets somebody, and like things go and. Like, it's like a happy ending version of, like, Vagrant or, like, you know, I just think of, like, isolation films, like, Quiet Passion about this person who just, like, quietly had to do this thing or, like, not even, like, a good thing. Yeah. Did you see Swiss Army Man? Oh, I never, I never did see that. But I am a big... That's Paul Dano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, And and Harry Potter. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's about isolation in ma- in a magical realism world, yeah. where like dude's like thinking about killing himself and then finds this corpse who like sings and farts and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird. And you think of like movies this year, like uh, Zama is about isolation. Yeah. Parts uh, of the uh, you were never really here. Yep. First Reformed, right. obviously. Oh, a thousand percent. Yo, have you seen Puzzle? The sexy puzzle no, film. No, I mean, I know you saw it, though. Yeah. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It's about this, uh, the actress who played the young lady in Trainspotting, mm-hmm. is, she's, she lives in Connecticut and has some kids and is in... Uh, it's easy to be isolated in Connecticut. I used to live there. She's isolated in Connecticut, and she gets a puzzle for her birthday, mm-hmm. and the feeling of being able to feel worthwhile and express mm. herself mm. changes. And there's some things I didn't like about it and there's things I did like about it, but it's a surprisingly beautiful movie. And I, it was definitely, I wasn't expecting to, to like this sexy puzzle movie sure. so much. You know, look, going back to Zama too, Lucretia Martel's uh, other, the headless woman is a very isolated, uh, lonely movie. Um, even more so in scenes where the lead actress, I forgot the Argentinian actress's name, but when she's around people in the movie, it's heightened more because she's so out of it when she's around people that it really heightens the like the, the isolation aspect of it. And I wanted to say, too, another thing I like about Always Shine is when done right, I'm a big fan of movies with like a minimum to like two people casts. Um, Definitely. What happened was 
Oh my God, talk about one of my favorite movies that I always forget is a favorite movie of mine. It's this movie that, for those of you, Tom Noonan, uh, he's like a Bill Duke in terms of like, as an actor, he's in like more popular movies. He's the axe murderer and last action hero. He's Frankenstein and Monster Squad. But as a director, he makes these personal few people movies. Like what happened was, it's him and Karen Silas, they're these co-workers. This is all backstory. The whole movie takes place in an apartment. It's just them two, about it. these two co-workers who kind of like each other. And then as the movie goes along, skeletons come out of the closet and their personal stuff comes out and you realize how lonely of a person they both are right. and how desperate things are. And then Tom Newman's follow-up film, The Wife, it's another movie. It only stars four people. It's him, Wallace Shawn of, you know, the Princess Bride fame. and Carrie Lewis. Sure. Um, Huh? Carrie Lewis is not in this. He's doing suit no, commercials now. I was just making a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was mean. No, it's true. Though. I was going back from our several times on, on our show. I've I've thought Carrie Lewis was Matthew Modine. That's fair. When we talked about the film Bamboo's Old. Yes. Have <laughs> you ever seen PCP? No. Hi, Doug. Um, yeah. Also, like you know, you know where some of that stuff comes from, like boilerplate episodes. Movies with like two or three characters or very little stuff mm. going on would happen from budgetary concerns or reasons, and then they would figure out how to do it. And sometimes yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah. There's like this weird movie with uh, oh, well, was the actor that's playing Venom? Tom Hardy. Do you see Locke? No, but that so, which is a perfect example of a movie. The only the snobbish thing. Harry Potter. They did a Harry Potter movie type with type one with. Uh, the, the dude that played Harry Potter or similar yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of thing. What's that dude's name again? Oh, Harry Potter. He's, I, I, we all, oh, Hincliffe, Hinch. You, Thomas Radcliffe, Jesus. Um, but speak, so when Locke came out, everyone's making this big deal. And of course, the snobbish, pretentious guy in me came out. And it's like, uh, Abbas Kiarostami. So many of his movies take place in a car. And people were kind of, but it's like, then I had to calm down. Because a lot of people who love Tom Hardy, they're not going to necessarily know this Iranian art house director. But... I still haven't watched all of Karasami's movies. Well, he has I, a lot. They go I'm back trying, to I'm early trying 70s. To. I know it's that like, it's something to do. It's so hard to watch so many movies and really yeah. try to get into a vibe. And speaking of isolate, not just any of his movies, but The Taste of Cherry, which is another movie I love very much, is I'd say two-thirds of that movie take place in a car. And even when he's outside the car, he's just kind of chilling by himself, contemplating life. Um, yeah. Yeah, all these movies. Yeah, this is a great... Yeah. Or, like, going back... Like, some of my personal movies... Personal favorite movies, like Ta Taxi Driver, a good portion of that, that, that movie is all about loneliness and isolation and how it can affect the mind. And it came... And its source, it was written by a guy who, at the time, was keeping himself very isolated from the world. Um, and he was influenced by another film about isolation in the form of Pickpocket by Robert right. Bresson. So there's levels, uh, there's levels to it. Um, and that's what I, that's why I thought this movie was so like beautiful because it also let me look into my own because I'm really trying to break out of my isolation shell mm. and also I love turtles mm -hmm. I love turtles I like turtles I like turtles um, and I just thought this film was so special so Jeff thank you so much for recommending it to it and and we're gonna have you on the show one of these days cool um, yeah Beast of Burden. Was a was a Daniel Radcliffe movie, which is like Locke, but on an airplane. Oh shit! Wow. And so, did you and you ended up seeing Grand Piano? Oh oh shit! Sorry. Yes, I just didn't announce it, and we didn't really like talk about it. What do you think about it? It's fun. It's fun, right? Yeah, it's hard to disassociate, like, cause you really liked it, and I'm a big fan of Vern, and he wrote great stuff on it, so I feel like. It's hard to disassociate the positivity. Or I'm definitely heavily influenced by the two of you. Sure. But I didn't like... I didn't say it was... I would have seen it in the theater. I'll say that much. I didn't say it was like Guns and Navarone. I'm just saying I enjoyed it. I mean, I, like it. I actually like it better than Guns and Navarone. All right. I get it. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I also saw a couple of interesting movies. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think about... Yeah. Talk isolation. Um... Quiet passion, disappointments, broken promises. Yeah, yeah. The the green the green ray just really, I don't know. You and you like Eric Romer's work. I like his work. He's another one of those guys. Uh, 
I oh, understand. Oh, and you should watch the movie. I, I think that's recommended. Yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah. He's one of those guys. He's a legend. He's he's crucial. He's important. But he's someone that I'm not like... I haven't seen every one of his movies. I'm trying to like put this in the best way. Like, So with... He's like later French New Wave. He, to me, is like... Um, I've always... Of, of like the French directors of his era, I've associated him. He's like... To me, he's like the Joe Dumars or the Rick Mahorn, where it's like, yeah, I know you're one of the greatest, but he's not like Isaiah Thomas to me, if that okay. makes any sense. I, I can I can deal with that sort of idea. Yeah. Uh, you ever seen uh, the movie Colossal? Why am I... Anne Hathaway, think? Jason Sudeikis. Oh, they, duh. They, they that was, speaking of Tiff, I saw, I saw parts of it. I didn't finish... It, I just for I, what it's for. I, I, I just watched it. And I saw it made, parts of it. It made me really sad, and it was one of those movies where it was like this movie had a lot of potential, yeah, but it got. Yeah. I think it got lost in the sauce, especially in trying to explain the magic. I thought a they could have just not explained why. So if you never seen it, Anne Hathaway is is someone who's ruining her life with alcohol. She goes back home, and then she finds out that. There is a monster in Korea attacking people, and she somehow realizes that it's her when she goes to a certain place, and Jason Sudeikis is in there. And I thought it could... I, yeah, it's one of those movies, like, I, I would like to see a remake of that movie with a little more thought. I'd like to see, I'd like to see a Korean remake. How about that, that for was, a plot twist? <laughs> that was... Yeah. So I just... I thought that was... I thought that was interesting. Um, I saw Blind Spotting. Mm-hmm. Which was uh, possibly possibly more offensive than Purge. Yeah, you said this to me before off camera, but yeah, I'd, I'd like the listeners to. Uh, so you called it something slam. You said something. I called uh, it hyphy slam because it takes place <laughs> in Oakland, yeah. and and it's got a lot of spoken word, and it's really nice to hear like real hyphy music mm. in a movie, mm-hmm. and which has happened a couple times. You know this. This is a very hyphy year for for cinema, yeah. With uh, uh, Ryan Coogler and Boots Riley and uh, Devine Diggs, mm-hmm. but Blind Spotting started out the first half. I was like, "This is awesome," and the second half, I was like, "Oh, this is a weird." I'm 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 confused with what statement you're trying to make about race relations right now. Yeah, and I I was I was bugged out. Yeah, and I got the I didn't see it. I got the vibe from the trailer though. And I saw, have you seen Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot? No, and that's intentional because I really love... I'm just... You are the, you're literally, of all the people I know personally whose opinions I, I want and, and all that stuff, you're the only positive feedback I've got. Everyone else is either like, eh, or it is not good. And, oh. and, and, I, and I, think, I think as far as the, the, the personal reviews where it's not good, I think they're thinking of me personally because I hold Gus Van Zandt to such high regards. Even though he hasn't made anything that's wowed me since Paranoid Park, which is now at this point 11, 10 years ago. Not that he's made, but you know, like I thought Milk was fine, but when you compare it to the, the documentary on Harvey Milk, it pales in comparison. The Ken Watanabe, you, Matthew McConaughey movie. You're right an now, albino, but you, know, you pale in comparison. Shit like that. Shit like that. Yeah. And yeah, I was just really. I, I just, just startled me, by the way. <laughs> I. Saskia, say hi. You haven't been on the show in a while. Hey, got that hot take. All right. Uh, All right. I like like how her hot take was just that she has one. Yeah. So now it leaves you in suspense for what the hot take is. You'll never know. It's like the end of Always Shine. I'll never tell. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, Brittany Murphy. Rest in peace. Also, um, watched a lot of Netflix and Amazon films. So I I just think I think don't worry you, I'm gonna wait for you to see it and we can discuss it. But I really liked it, and also I have less skin in the game because I'm I'm a guy who thinks Gus Van Sant is great, but I don't I don't I don't love him like a lot of people do, which is fair because he's very like um. He's hit and miss. He's like stop, start. He's like, he gets in these eras. He's similar to Richard Linklater and Steven Soderbergh where like they have a run of good movies for a few years and it just stops and then they give you, I'm not going to name names, but then it's like a series of movies that are like, what are you doing? And then he goes back 
switches up his style, and then it's like four great movies in a row, and then he goes back. Right. It's just very hard to just... Which on some I get, it's fine. Directors don't like, like to be boxed in, but with certain directors, it's very tough to kind of get a hold on. But he's still... He's great, though. He's still great no matter what. He's already, he's already got his movies that have solidified him, so... Yeah, I think this one was really good because it was a film about uh, someone with a disability and someone also with an addiction... And it was done with no sentimentality or nostalgia. Maybe that's the problem is that the trailer did not look... And I know you don't like trailers, but I'm so big I'm on trailers. Gonna, the trailer looked very like just, oh, it looked made it look generic. Oh, no, it's not generic at all. And Jonah Hill as this like uh, rich gay Jewish kid from California in the 80s is surprisingly fantastic. Good. Um, and, and I thought it was great. Uh, what else? What else? I saw Extinction, the new Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. How's it was, that? It was okay. Mm. I saw How It Ends, the new Netflix movie with Forrest Whitaker. How was that? It was okay. Okay. It was beautifully shot. There was some amazing cinematography, mm. but the story didn't know what it was trying to do. Have you seen The Endless yet? What's... Sorry, my brain again. Endless. It's a movie I've been telling you to see about... Uh, these these brothers returned to the death cult they were raised in. Oh, no, but I remember talking about it because it reminded me, speaking of, it won't get far enough, but it reminded me of the Phoenix family when you were describing it to me. Right, that, ma- that makes some sense. Yeah, yeah. So you got to see yeah. it because I think it's great. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's in my top ten this year, but it's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw this movie, Zoe, which was on Amazon. These are all these were all streaming ones, mm-hmm. and my childhood friend Dan Romer scored it, and it was like his the best score he's done that for me. I just thought it was so fucking good. Oh, that's cool. And it was like, it was like her, the movie her, plus like Limitless, because Ewan McGregor was in it, and the, and the girl from Blue and the Blue is the warmest color was in it also too. Mm-hmm. So it was which also one? The, Leah the, Sado. The blue. Yeah. yeah Leah Sado. Uh-huh. Uh, all. She's not the blue. The person with the blue hair. I don't want to say someone's the blue. That's uh, that's yeah. not what I'm trying to say. Don't offend anyone. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm oh. okay with offending people, but but that wasn't my intention in yeah. that instance. Yeah. So it was like also in a way like the island minus ScarJo, mm. but like much better. And also, do you, do you remember when Scarlett Johansson made an album? Produ- Tom Waits produced covers. by produced by David Sytek of TV on the radio doing Tom Waits covers. I know. I mean, I remember when it happened. I never listened to it. It wasn't so bad. He actually, I do remember Tom Waits gave it his blessing though. Why not? Yeah. You know, like it wasn't like it wasn't. It came from a good place, yeah. and I think maybe people discovered his music through it. Yeah. Who, by the way, is in that new? Um, Was it Lowry? It's. David Lowry, I think is his name, who's in that that last Robert Redford movie also. Yeah, I'm excited for the... It actually looks pretty cool. Sure. There's a couple movies I want to see that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, have you, did you see 8th Grade? Nope. I wanted to go see it last night, but I got caught up in um, just being lazy, going back, watching some hits from the WWE Network. I hear you, dude. Yeah, really, there's also this movie, Never Going Back, that I want to see that looks mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. We the Animals looks fun. There's a new movie about the last year of Nico, the singer that just came out sure, that I want sure. to see. And there's a, there's a Vincent Cassell movie where he plays Gauguin in Tahiti that I sort yeah. of want to see. Yeah. Oh, the um, the movie I got confused about <laughs> in your text because I was reading it too fast. But Julian Schnabel's new Van Gogh film where Willem Dafoe plays Vincent Van Gogh. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out. But at the end of the day... This new Rick Alverson film is like kind of at the top, more even more so than like High Life. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. I I don't think not. That he's made a ton of movies, but it's like Rick Alverson outside of the four features, not counting his new one, all the shorts he's done, all the music videos. He hasn't done anything that I consider like meh or like it's okay. Everything he does, I really like. And he's a really nice guy too. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like I'm like hit or miss with. I, it's not hit or miss. It's a Entertainment was like brilliant, mm-hmm. and the comedy. And I, I haven't seen all of his movies, so I'm not mm-hmm. trying to make these large statements. Mm-hmm. But I really liked. Uh, entertainment blew me the fuck away. Right. The comedy parts of it blew me away, and parts of it deeply upset me. Yeah. 
Sure. Um, old Joy. Not Oh Wow. Sorry. He didn't do Old Joy. It's because it's starring uh, who's uh, I know. Just talking Kelly about Kelly Reichardt. Old Joy is incredible. The reason I said that New Jerusalem because both of those movies co-starred the same Will Oldham, but right. New, New Jerusalem and The Builder, his first two films, completely different from and you'd think it was a different director. As compared to the comedy in, in, in and that's funny because you've just been talking about like chameleon directors yeah. all all throughout. Oh yeah, yeah, and also you know uh, I'm really liking that our fans are sending us emails. So like, yeah, we appreciate if it. anything about this episode positive, negative, mostly positive. Anything like if you're feeling isolated and want to talk about it, I've gotten some amazing private emails. You know, if you if you say private. Then it doesn't get read on here, mm-hmm. and and if you say private to me, then I won't send it to Marcus. If you say private to Marcus, he won't send it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really about that life. Uh, stop snitching. Start reading. SpongeBob's a punk. These are hot, 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 heartbreaking years Manic but mechanical, hard parts to gears Hard to get a handle on, all greased with tears Turned and gut wrench, punched in the ear Which I'm told is where your equilibrium is So all the time I'm a woozy and shit And have a hard time keeping my balance, I'm off balance It's a challenge just to walk in a straight line And I'm not drunk, I am heartbroken But then I drink, when I drink then I get drunk People think it's that, but it's not, it's I'm heartbroken See, I suffer from my art, yo Put my heart on a steel countertop like that With a thwap like a butcher with a slab of meat Here it is and it's bloody as freshness For auto inspecting salt and pepper with questions Take two with a tenderizer mallet I'ma take two of them and beat it like it matters Beat it till it's pulp, drink it down, gulp, gulp, gulp And I'm not a bad guy, I'ma get high Forget it if it happened, write it in a rap Perform it in my bathroom, in my boxers It's a concert, and I rap in a hairbrush All photoshopped and airbrushed Looking like a couple hundred thousand bucks See, first we take Manhattan, then we take Berlin I'ma make it happen, I'ma get it in New York City's all win, win, win Fuck, schmooze, play the game or you lose Swear to God, I ain't moving to France I'ma pull a Henry Miller, become an expat Go along, be it, get old, get fat These are hard, 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 heartbreaking years And I gotta be careful with all of my artery all of my articles, some of my molecules, a couple of souvenirs, and all of the women. I love women, all of them, man. Every single one that ever holding my hand. Life is grand, fuck that shit. All you need is clean water and a woman, that's it.